JT Smith of the Front Office News back again for our 24th podcast. I have a special guest. Matter of fact, it's multiple guests, two guests, two guests in one for a special day. If you've been watching anything about Bearcat Nation right now, it's been a crazy, crazy whirlwind in the last 24 hours. And the guys of Cincy Slangin is going to help me talk about it with you guys on our podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, JT. Uh, this is Coomer from the Cincy Slangin podcast. Also, we've got Hummer on the line. Hummer, how you doing, buddy? You know what? I'm, I'm, I can't even say it, man. It's not. It's not a great day. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's not, man. It's, it's definitely, definitely <laughs> not. I'm, I'm terrified at doing this podcast with you right now because you you look away from your phone for a few minutes, and I mean, for all we know, we might lose a couple more players, I'm, and I'm sure that's what we want to talk about today. So I'll let I'll oh, let you introduce that for sure, for sure. So like we're going to get right into it, man. The last 24 hours. Okay, so emotional whirlwind, right? The Bearcats, they win a couple games in the AAC tournament. They get smoked by Houston, but they make it to the championship, right? So now everybody's happy. Like, all right, they got smoked. They just got to get some more pieces, right? Because they got this nice freshman class. They got these good sophomores and all hope is there, right? And then within what, 24 hours, 48 hours tops, all that hope crumbles. Like literally, if you were a JB fan, our person that was on JB side within 48 hours, you have to be teetering the fence at, at best. Right. So like with everybody in the portal right now, you go to go to front office news right now, guys, and you guys will see it, but um, everything's posted. How are you feeling right now? Just with all this talent, the core kids that we thought, Hey, the Bearcat team, they get a couple of grad transfers that are right freshmen to come in they'll be right back there. Right. But now what, what do you think with the program or just with those kids in the, in, in the actual portal right now? Well, thinking back, if you basically Hummer and I host a podcast since he's slang and that's a Bearcat fan podcast. Check and it out guys. Please do please check it out. And after the first Houston loss, when we lost by 38 at their place, we did a, a highly controversial podcast with a friend of ours named B Fox and essentially that was the moment where we knew there were, there were concerns to be had about John Brannon and the direction of the program. And the reason for that is that week, Zach Harvey had decided to opt out and Justin Williams reported that he wasn't expected to return to the team. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, I was always operating with a framework of for John Brannon to salvage this thing. He has to hold on to everybody who has left on the roster. He needs to make sure that Tari, Mike Saunders, Mason Madsen, Jeremiah Davenport, the whole gang. Like, they all need to come back. You need yeah. to add a couple stud transfers, find a couple freshmen, and, and, and turn the thing around. But the opposite has happened. And now, now we're in, in Disastersville where Tari, Mike, uh, Mahmoudou, Zach Harvey, they all made it official. Gabe Madsen made it official. And at this point, I mean, I don't know how anyone – can feel confident about where the program is heading. And frankly, I'm at the point personally where it, it feels like you have as, as an athletic department, you have to think about moving on. You have to figure out how, yes. how can we do this? Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Ryan, do you want to, Hummer, you want to chime in on this one? Uh, you- I thought it was interesting that you said most people were, were riding high and mighty after making it to the finals. Uh, 
we came back and our last podcast also caught some flack with one one fan telling us they only made it seven minutes in because of how immediately we just went straight to almost like the negative to this negative space mm. of the Houston game was a mirror image of the first Houston game, which was one. But what what honestly what we found or what I found, what we both found interesting was we played amazing against State. We or you know, in in a sense that we pulled out big victories over good teams. Yeah. But for us, that showed this the frustration of everything that we were talking about for the entire season. Like that's what we wanted to see. If we would have played that way for those two games the entire season, we're not looking like it's we're not on the outside looking in. We're a team that's probably being talked about for the tournament because this team had talent. Yeah. So what frustrates me and what, what got me so riled up is the fact that a lot of people are saying, well, hey, you know, the, the team that we have here, we always knew this was going to be a rebuilding year. No, we didn't. If we thought this was a rebuilding year, then everybody would have, we would have been playing freshmen from day one. We wouldn't yeah. have been waiting till game 15 or, or game 15, but game 10 to be getting Mason some serious minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have been seeing these guys. Well, he, w- he was injured, to be fair. He was injured. He was injured. Mason? Yep. That's why he didn't play early. Yeah, Mason Madsen started the year off injured. That's why well, he didn't I, play. Sorry, well, when he did start playing him, it was very limited minutes still. And then all of a sudden it yeah. exploded after he had a good game. That's my point. It's like you saw him like ease into it. You didn't see Mikey, Mikey Saunders Jr. getting a lot of minutes either until later in the season. And, you know, whether he was 100% or not, I guess that's that's another another question as well. But my whole point is, though, is if this truly was a rebuilding season, there wouldn't have been a, there wouldn't be as much fright to try new new things. There wouldn't have been this emphasis on forcing the ball to uh, Chris Vogt constantly at the beginning of the season. You know, there would have been a much more experimentation early on because hey, it's a rebuilding year. It's a free pass. You yeah. you got to do you can do what you want. Yeah, I, I don't personally. I, I'll piggyback on what you're talking about. Just make this a big old roundtable type of thing. Honestly. <laughs> because <laughs> um, that's why I brought you guys here for. But um, honestly, I don't think it was a rebuilding year. Like from the beginning, I thought it was like a year where I wasn't expecting them to be world beaters, but I expected personally expected them to be, you know, at worst case on the bubble, you know, strong tournament team, maybe a 10 or 11, you know, right from the beginning, you know, if they got through the season, which they were able to. Um, but it didn't go like, it's like you said, you know, they were three and seven, and I'll, I'll say how I looked at it because I was more so I try to look at the glass half full besides it being half empty. So like when, you know, they're three and seven, which sucked. Right. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, honestly, I was like one foot, you know, in the dirt and one foot on the concrete. Right. So in my head, I'm like, man, this team comes out, they play flat when they get back from the 25 day layoff. Then all right. Then it's, you know, it's cut the cord right in my head. So they start playing decent, you know, even though it was against lower competition in the, in the conference, albeit, but at the end of the day, they still won. So it was like, hmm. Then they get smoked by Houston, which everybody, you know, everybody was on fire about that one. It's, I mean, you could not not be concerned after them getting dog walked by 38 on the road, you know, by a team that this last year you were competing with and years, you know, past that you were beating or at least competing with on a consistent basis, right? You guys were kind of the, the top tier people in the, in the conference. And then just one year happens and you can't even be on the same floor with them. But um, after that, you know, I'm like, okay, you get beat by 38. Everybody's about to tuck their tails in and they're just going to have the rest of the season is going to suck. They actually start playing. They, st- they play well, except the, what, the, the Vanderbilt 
was that Vanderbilt game? The Vandy games, only game they really. Yeah, they the the last place team yeah. in the SEC. Yeah, came to town. last minute game. It was scheduled to replace yeah. the SMU game, but they came to town yeah. at I think three and twelve in the SEC. I forget their overall record. Three and or yeah. seven. And, it was bad. They finished the season. They it finished the team nine and ten. Okay. So. Well, that, you, so you made a you made a good point, JT. Sorry, nine and sixteen. If, they finished talk, nine and sixteen. They were yeah. nine and ten at the time. Okay. Think back okay. to think back to that hiatus, right? So yeah. we start the season with three and seven, and that is disastrous by all accounts, right? Yeah. Especially when you think about the games we're losing and how we're losing them, and playing a pretty mediocre to to below average Georgia team and getting absolutely run off the court. Yeah. Um, losing to the likes of USF on our home court. Yeah. Losing, losing at Central Florida. Things are bad. We we have the hiatus though, and come back, and we and we have what I would describe as sort of like a miracle air quotes run of, of winning four games in a row. Yeah. Here's the thing though, it was fool's gold because we weren't actually playing that differently from what as we were before the the hiatus. Mm. There were still turnover problems. Yeah. There were sure. still foul issues. There was still a team that that made the same mistakes over and over again, mm. and a coach who frankly refused to make the adjustments necessary to be the most competitive version of themselves. And that's the biggest red flag at the beginning of this for John Brandon. It's just an inability to seemingly maximize his teams, whether or not this isn't a world beating team. I completely agree with yeah. you. Yeah. The win expectation the was not to run the table, win the AAC, be a five seed or a four seed. The expectation mm -hmm. was to be competitive, yeah. to be frisky, to be a team that's easily fighting for March, a March madness appearance getting into the tournament, maybe making some noise, or at least at, at a minimum being a bubble level. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So like with that, it just got, isn't it, mean. doesn't it scare you? I, I meant to drop a stat during that. Doesn't right. it scare you guys? Our team finished 12 and 11 and toward the end of the season, like you mentioned in the American athletic conference tournament, we went on a two-game win streak against SMU and Wichita State, which I will admit were two very exciting performances. It did leave me optimistic. It you know, kind of told me that the core could take us into a, into a positive mm -hmm. direction. There is a, a style of play here that can be, you know, it could be a winning style of play in, into the future. And a lot of it revolved around the young guys and the young yeah. lineups. So we have that season, and it's not a great season. And Ken Palm... I love leaning on Ken Palm for all the stat nerds out there. They have us as the 13th luckiest team in all of college basketball this season. Nice. That's rough. That's it rough. Because what if you don't? What if you don't get lucky next year? True. You know? True. But this that might mean our record is better than it should have been. There's a there's a luck stat on Ken Palm. Luck stat. There is. How do you even do the luck stat? That's, That's crazy. New. That's crazy. I'll say this though, like. <laughs> Like, but the thing was, like, you saw the young people playing better. To me, like, Atari was up and down, but everybody knows, like, I felt like in my head, all right, you know how young men develop. You know, the first year can be dicey as a freshman for sure. Just think of JD. Like, JD last year, he was an energy guy, got hurt or whatnot. But this year, he's 10 times better. Then you think, okay, next year, he's going to take another step, right? So then you think, okay, if if JD took that step, Tari is the, you know, that guy that everybody can see can do everything on the court. He just needs more time and to get comfortable. Right. 
So you're like, okay, he's going to make a big jump. I think, I mean, he feels like he, he averaged seven. It doesn't matter now. I'm just talking like hindsight. Now this is all just talking in the wind, but with him, he was averaging what almost six rebounds, almost eight points over a block, over a steal, at least an assist. You could think of him doubling almost everything except maybe rebounds in general, just because of the growth of going from a freshman to sophomore year, having a better offseason because of COVID, you know, restrictions. You see Mikey playing a lot better at the end of the season before, you know, before all this stuff happened. Um, Mason played great, I think, you know, once he got his, you know, more of an opportunity, with, especially with Zach leaving. Um but all right, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm rambling. But now, as you think about it, like when Zach left, right? I, I did my pie. I think I did it by myself because I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna do a solo one. But I was like, man, he can't. Just like you said, he can't lose. I said he couldn't lose Eason. That was the one guy that felt like you lose Eason, you might as well just start packing bags, pretty much, and at, so to speak, because you lose Hardy. <laughs> I mean, not Hardy, Harvey, who was his best recruit ever, right, on the ranking side. Everybody sees the talent. You know, wherever he goes, if he gets sufficient playing time, he's going to put up numbers. You can see the talent. Same as Tari Eason. Like, wherever he goes, he's going to probably be one of the best players on that team, you know, in general. And then Mikey, you kind of see how he can lead this, how he can start a, start a drink because of his speed. And if his jumper gets better, it's, it's over. Like, who's going to be able to stay in front of him? Um but with everybody in this in this in this portal, like okay, so now my question to you guys, I know I'm rambling, is do you feel like you know you see essentially like if, if it gets to a buyout type of situation, do you think you see does a buyout if it goes to it? If it's like something that we don't know is deep rooted, um, because it's definitely a disconnect when you got five kids in a portal within one season. It's only one kid that can't that was from the Mick Cronin heir, which is DR, he was a grad transfer. If it's your guys that, you're tra- that are transferring and they're in the portal, how, what's the solution do you, you think, like far as the, for the program itself right now? I, I think the first thing the university has to do, we have between now and March 31st before any kind of four cause buyout drops from 2 million to 1.5. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you have basically is, is they have two weeks right starting to or basically two weeks starting today to perform an internal investigation similar to what wichita state did with greg marshall because if they're going to fire him for cause at least that's probably something that the school may and i don't know this is all just conjecture on my part here maybe something that the school can pick up the tab for without the help of a big donor stepping in to say hey this is what we want done Um, if they can't find a reason because i don't know i don't know what what has been happening even if there's a disconnect the players just don't like him that's not necessarily a a, for cause by the contract saying we can fire john brandon so and and the other side of things though if they are going to fire him for cause i do actually think that you're going to have to see donor money or frustrated upset donors stepping in to say hey enough's enough we can't have this anymore i don't see the school doing it themselves especially because uh once again if we're kind of reading the tea leaves from my understanding the the president of the university isn't isn't it's not it's not Santa Ono anymore. Yeah, uh, um, they're not they're not that thrilled about athletics. It seems like they they kind of have a more of a hands off approach with it anyway. So I don't see them wanting to spend any more money coming from the actual university's budget to fire John Brand unless there truly is some, you know, 
they do an investigation, something comes up. I, mm -hmm. I don't know what that something would be. So I think the I think it is actually an uphill battle to to truly see an outright like waking up tomorrow and seeing that John John Brandon is fired. It's that's not something that I would predict. Uh, not that I wouldn't be happy about it, you know, between all of us. Uh, but I just don't. Just I just between don't, the three of us, nobody between else. Between the three of us, no one else is listening here. Um, I, it's just I don't I don't know if the university is going to do it. I don't know if they will do it without cause, without a booster stepping up. In the same way that you just saw Indiana have two boosters yeah. step up and pay Archie Miller ten million dollars to leave. What I think <laughs> this is though is a crazy a crazy signal of how college basketball is in general. Is that you can get coaches that have these kind of deals structured that if you fail and you fail epically. Like, I don't know if we should say this or not, but the joke kind of between us was if, if this is going to go bad, like when we had that, that February 22nd podcast where we talked about, holy cow, this is what we, if this happens, the worst case scenario happens. Mm -hmm. All right. You want John Brandon to fail fast in that scenario because we need to get him on. We need to move on and we need to get to the process of rebuilding. Yeah. You know? And so that's where I think we're at right now is we are at the process where John Brandon has failed fast, failed hard the university is if the donors step up, I think we'll see a change. But if we don't, I think we may be in a situation where we see him maybe let him write it out. Mm, so you think the whole contract? I don't, I don't, I don't I, not a full Macy contract write out. And at least until the buyout is, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't know what the terms of the contract yeah. are. What's the definition of four cause? Is it, you know, three horrendous years or, you know, bad <laughs> records? Like, I don't, I don't know what their definition is. Yeah, sure, so I can't, true. I can't tell you what they're going to say. This is yeah. the cause. I, I have to imagine. And that's why I'm curious what the, what John Cunningham and the athletic department do at this point, because I want to be in the fly on that wall. It's, it's Man. incredibly untenable at this point, right? Like going yeah. into next season, there is the, what's incredible is, Starting his first year, the buzz was incredible. The, the oh, program was clearly ready to move on from Mick Cronin. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say, it, just say it. New style of play. And he sold out games, right? Until COVID hit. Like, we were selling yeah, out games. I think sure. season tickets sold out. People were really excited about the direction. Yeah. And the 180 we've seen here is so dramatic and absolute that – if they don't find a way to get rid of him right now, they can't afford to buy him out or, or fire him for cause, whatever the case may be. I mean, this is, this is going to be ugly the next year. There's, you've got a brand new roster, basically who knows yeah. who's returning, right? Like at yeah. best, at best, we're looking at Jeremiah, Micah, Adams, Woods, David, DeJulius, Mason, Madsen. And um, who am I missing? Uh, Somebody else. Is that he? it? Victor Lockin. Victor Lockin. 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 So like that's the team, and then you're you're yeah. filling in you know seven eight scholarship players out you know around those guys. Yeah. You're gonna have no. You're losing all of the excitement that came with Mike Mike Saunders Jr. and and Tari Eason. I mean, Tari Eason is a legitimate NBA prospect. Oh, for sure. His his steal rate and block rate, are, you know, are that of NBA prospects. For sure. And uh, he's the only guy that's really like that on the team. And you just saw him walk. And I just think the, the department at least has to do their due diligence on seeing what options are on the table for them. Because I honestly, I have not seen a flame out like this, this quickly where a program, yeah. I, even if you're being, even if you're you know cynical about what Mick Cronin left and, and, the, and the circumstances John Brandon inherited, this is not. This was not a total rebuild job, and he's made it that based on how the first two years have gone. Yeah, it was definitely wasn't a total rebuild. Um, 
piggyback on that, man, because just think, like you said, it's potentially what only five scholarship players now left. And it could, you know, who knows? It could be, could be, as soon as we get done with this podcast, it could be more off of, you know, in the portal, possibly. It's not like it's, the portal doesn't close. Not impossible. Right? <laughs> not impossible. So Not, not based on what I've heard. Not yeah, impossible. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, so, um, so it's, we can get done with this podcast. And by the time we're done, you know, I'm writing another article about, hey, this person's in the portal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, it's, <laughs> that's what I've been doing all day. But uh, it's, you know, just like you said, I've, I've never seen a flame out with this many people. I know everybody's like, you know, you see like a lot of the older players and stuff talking about, you know, stuff together, yada, yada, yada. But in general, you know, it's a new, newer school people. But at the same time, I've never, you know, it's going to be transfers, right? Every year you're going to get, two or three if you got a lot of kids you know you got four or five people coming in all right you're blocked because you got two people in front of you etc whatever it happens it's part of the game but five starting five is is in the portal from the Bearcats right now they're all eligible to play next year starting five and a respectable starting five right you know you got Mike they're all getting minutes yeah they're all yeah. getting minutes everybody There's was playing no reason really for you to want to transfer playing time is what you're exactly after because that's what it's that's what it is at the end of the day right it's playing time so like with, with Mikey right he's playing 20 minutes a game you know what I mean 15 I mean, by the worst. end he was seeing upwards of 30 minutes I think exactly that's why this is so you know, uh, jarring, jarring or troubling, it, whatever word you want to use words in your mouth. These were guys who were, there was no question they were going to get minutes next year. Exactly. This isn't a question of playing time. It's not a question of being a starting player. It's a, it's a program that is a can and, and should compete for tournament appearances. Yeah. And they're all walking away from that for, for uncertainty, yes. which just tells me that, you know, it's all about culture building. Anytime a coach gets hired, it's about building a culture. John yeah. Brandon said as much in his news conference when he was hired and, and he's built a very bad culture here. It is an unhealthy culture. It's a culture that, that saw a, a very turbulent first season with Jaron yeah. Cumberland getting benched for a coach's decision yeah. and, and Jay Sorolla leaving on uncertain terms. And, yeah. You know, just, just a lot of noise and a lot of drama. And it was a team that yes, tied for first place in the American athletic with Tulsa and Houston. But let's face it, we all know that team underachieved last season and came in this season and we've saw more departures and more in and out. And I know COVID is definitely the easy excuse, but what's happened under John Brandon is not normal. And when players talk about mental health and taking a break from the game, that doesn't just mean circumstances that are happening off the court. It could mean I need to take a break and a step back from this from yeah. this team, that's from the true. day-to-day, from mm-hmm. this thing that's making me feel absolutely awful. Instead of playing college basketball, which has to be incredibly fun and yeah. rewarding and fulfilling, instead of doing that, they chose to opt out and not do those things. And then said, instead of coming back for the guaranteed minutes in the infrastructure that I already have here for a fan base that already loves and adores me, I'm going elsewhere. I don't know where it's going to be, but I'm getting the hell out of here. That's yeah. troubling. Yeah, it is. And then the, just think about last season where, you know, Jaron was kind of the scapegoat per se, right? For everybody. Yeah. That's right. So, but then, you know, last year, okay, whatever. Maybe Jaron, you know, he had three years under Mick. Okay. He had the one year. It can be tough for, you know, a, a senior player had it a certain way and you got to change it to last year. Right. So, okay. You can kind of see that. Maybe they button heads. That's going to happen probably. 
All right. So then you kind of dismiss it. Okay. Maybe Jaron did X, Y, Z, who knows, right? You hear this, you hear that. So that's, I'm not here to say which rumors are true or which aren't, but then to see this year, it makes you think about last year even more like, you know, was it really Jaron that did, had the, was wrong or did something wrong? You know, when you see all these people, these younger, you know, players depart that fast, especially when you know they're going to play. You know, Mikey's only going to increase on minutes. Tari's only going to increase on minutes. Harvey was it was set to be take over. I mean, essentially be Keith Williams. You know what I mean? Essentially, before he left. I mean, he just was the AAC player, like uh, on the honor roll, like as, as a one of the better players in the conference for that week before. And then, boom, he just drops the smoke bomb. And yeah, um, you just—it's crazy right now. It's, it's real wild. This you don't know what's going to happen. So. Um, just it's funny it's, it's crazy we don't know what's gonna happen and so back i want to say around december 23rd i think it was uh right after the loss to ucf we right. had we had talked with leonard stokes and and we asked leonard a pointed question about like basically what are the bearcats doing good right now yeah and his response was kind of startling where he basically said nothing now, yeah he said they were doing absolutely nothing good yeah, and that's where I think the first time we had the conversation of culture mm. um, with, with him, because we noticed it on on the defensive side of the ball, where yeah. it just seemed like you know there we looked lost at times, we looked confused mm-hmm. against even teams that we shouldn't be necessarily looking confused against. Yeah. UCF, Tulsa's, the South Florida's of the world. We let Tulsa beat us at home for the first time ever since joining this conference. Yeah, uh, you know, and and so that that's disheartening. And then as we go through th- go through the season, you know, you see that 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 those issues and you see at times where like you mentioned tari eason and the flashes of brilliance that that the kid can display yeah but then you'll see these moments of of lapse where he looks disengaged unengaged with the process and those were just some i think those are some of the flags that that we were starting to see and yeah it it's bad to sound like yes the losing streak is one of the things that took us off but when we're talking about the transfers Whoever and I budgeted a transfer actually into this year. We talked about Atari Eason. We did this like odd, this odd man out thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to talk about done it enough, how wrong we were on one of them. Uh, Jeremy Davenport was not the odd man out this year. <laughs> uh, but we, but we did say at some point though, we could see potentially Jeremiah Davenport playing his way in and, and, and maybe Harvey becoming the odd man out. And if Harvey wasn't going to get minutes, Harvey transferring. Yeah. Yeah, and we said that actually at the end of last season and the beginning of this season that Harvey was the guy that we just kind of saw maybe as the the guy who wasn't going to be here. So it's like you're right, players do transfer, and that is normal, and it's yeah. okay to, to think that. Uh, but what we're seeing right now is is unprecedented, and what I'm kind of getting upset about in a weird way is listening to to you know I'll call him out. I'll call Lance McAllister out on his on his radio show today. Uh, you know, he gets on there and, and he has a, a guest uh, from Bearcat Journal and they're talking about basically giving the out to, well, the transfer portals easy this year. You know, there, there's there's no repercussions. Like, oh. It doesn't that to me, that's a that's a that's a cop out. It's not a good excuse. Uh, you have guys like you guys, just for all the reasons you both just mentioned, guaranteed playing time. Tari yeah. Eason is a starter on this squad next year. Right, Mike yeah. Mike Sanders Jr. is more than likely a starter on this squad next year. Mason Madsen is more than likely, if not a starter, number six off the. He's the off the bench guy, arguably one of the most important positions on this squad because he's instant offense. 
the guy like was pulling the the NBA dribble dribble to get one dribble to the left, one dribble to the right to get open NBA style move and raining shots down. So if he leaves, that's going to be devastating. These guys are leaving for uncertainty, and it's unfortunate. I think the common denominator is Brandon, and you know we'll we'll see where it goes. That's, that's all right. So my question to you guys, I'm gonna keep <laughs> keep. I'm not even gonna get long winded on this one. All right, if this they say they uncover something, right, and is super bad. It's worse than we even think, even with everybody leaving already, which we already feel like the house is on fire, but we can't get out, right? We're not going to lie about that. The, going full Greg Marshall. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> why are why are the why are the Bearcats what Wichita Jr. right now? Like within like within 12 you months. Know, like, shouldn't, we, shouldn't we honestly be Wichita Senior? Like, don't we have more history than them? Yeah, but but I, I think did see a, a Wichita next account level, did say, hey, hey, you know, stay hopeful out there. We lost our whole team last year. Yeah, they Look said at us. They said won that. the regular season title <laughs> back in the first four for uh, the tournament. So, but, hey, maybe we're being too cynical here. Well, maybe, the, or, the, that that same account was also in a banter with the Tulane Golden Hurricanes, and I was like, in what universe Tulane is it okay <laughs> for a Tulane podcast to be? talking excuse my language here but frankly talking shit about the bearcats like so disrespectful though because it's not even tulane it's tulsa but that's that's whatever level of disrespect tulsa hates us man (laughs) you know that right like tulsa hates like their media is like pissed off i think i had one of their media person people yeah i did during football season and like every time she makes like a dig at like you see every time like we kicked your ass so why are y'all and whatever you guys are Tulsa like, yeah Tulsa on. like just... look you beat us once and we still finished higher you in Ken Palm rankings it's yeah. okay yeah Tulsa is Tulsa it's damn I think Tulsa. the entire conference but... is on the verge of getting lots of revenge against us guys so, yeah uh, hold on yeah. Your, you know what I don't care if they butts. are I will still talk crap about them because I'm just gonna do the same thing hey look look at the wall all right yeah. we have the banners what do you have okay True. nothing That's we've true. got fickle Houston you're cool. true. <laughs> True. All right. So if they get the balls, right? So essentially, if if it gets ballsy around here and we find out something crazy is happening, it's official, whichever. All right. How much longer do you think, unless he just turns it around out of nowhere, if they give him time, but if they don't give him time, how long, who do you think they should try to hire if to, to fix the situation? Who would you rather, who would you want them to hire to fix the situation and bring this Put, give us a shot in the arm. Give us the COVID shot. Essentially. Can I ask you a question real quick before we answer that? Yeah. There's been a lot going on. I don't know if this is true or not. And so we want to get this, like, uh, if we know it, if, or if we can figure it out, find it out. If we have to if we have to come back to this, it's fine. Yeah. Is it true that you have to have a undergraduate degree, a bachelor's degree to be a coach at the college level, in, in particular at the University of Cincinnati? I don't know. That's that's the one I keep seeing, and I don't know if it's a rumor. I don't know if it's true. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I want to say it probably is. Uh, I don't know. All right, guys, why are we beating around the bush here? There's only well, one. Well, all right. Well, I want to because I want to know if if we knew the answer. Like I actually, yeah, we know the answer. Saw, we if saw, money. If money is not an object, there's only one answer to this okay. question. Let's we'll see if you guys agree with me. Rick Patino, do it. P. Rick P. <laughs> All right. If money's not all right, an fine. Object, that's probably not going to happen. No. Nope. No. If money's not an option, I agree with that. But I, I, I'm not only saying it because there's there's players who threw ex players, notably one of the greatest Bearcats of all time, mm-hmm. Kenyon Martin Senior, who threw a huge fit when we went through a hiring process last time for them not even interviewing yeah. Nick Van Exel. Yep. Yep. Um, 
And in my opinion, right now, we are in a situation where the Bearcats, if we want to recover from this quickly, you need a guy who's going to take you from zero to 100, and they're going to do it relatively quickly, mm-hmm. whether that's a year or two. Mm-hmm. Now, otherwise, we risk this, this just falling down to the abyss, and now we're talking four or five years out before we make a tournament again. So you need a guy like either, in my opinion, like a Nick Van Exel. Yeah. I don't know if Kenya Martin Sr. has aspirations to coach at the college level. Um, or you need a guy like Rick Pitino who comes with baggage, probably getting him maybe at a little bit of a discount. But Rick Pitino also came out and said he has no interest in the Indiana job, which is, let's face it, it's just as close to home as it is as we are. Yeah, true. <laughs> Rick true. is really saying, it's not saying he doesn't have interest. Rick Pitino has a massive buyout. It is really hard to afford Rick Pitino. So, like, that's, it's fu- it's a fun idea. He's Does probably he have a buy- best coach of college buyout basketball. I think no, so. I- that would make oh. sense, right? Why wouldn't he? If you're going to take him from us, you're going to pay us a, a hell, of, yeah. hell of a lot of money. Put, who's put yours, there. JT? Who's, who's right. your guy? All right, so my guy is Nick. Nick V. Reason Nicky why? V? Yeah. Reason why is because he's our oh, penny, man. right? See what Penny's doing in Memphis. Either you can love him or hate him. He's recruiting at a high clip. They play scrappy. Um, if they don't take Wiseman from him last year, his team, that team is – out of this world, they wouldn't have gotten playing the tournament anyways, but that team would have been out of this world if they had Wiseman with a precious last year. Just off the strength of those two guys would have been like grabbing up double doubles out of this world. But um, but you know, they're the only team that can play with Houston in, in the conference right now, right? And I feel like Nick V would give us that shot in the arm. You know, the alumni will love it. He his name holds weight for as recruits and I mean, he, he's he's cut his teeth in the NBA long enough where I don't think it's just a, a a blind hire, like a person without any any cachet or any without the resume. Like he's been no, doing it's not thing. just a name. Like he yeah. has paid his dues at the at, at the NBA level. The NBA like, level. Frankly, I hate when we don't count like tenure in the NBA. Yeah. Like instead of instead of him becoming a coach out of college and working his way up through the assistant ranks, essentially he had a long prolific NBA career where he's getting you know a doctorate in basketball. <laughs> exactly. Then after that, he went on to become an assistant coach for an NBA team. Um, he was a head coach for a stint there for a G league team. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really, I have no doubt that he's got the, like the chops in terms of yeah. basketball IQ and being able to draw up plays and coach and develop. I mean, he was a development coach at the NBA level. I'm sure he, he, he can do that. And frankly, filling out your assistance is probably the bigger deal. And Nick's going to have, tons of guys who want to help him out just Dude. like penny did right yeah Penny exactly. had like a you know the you know a, the all-stars of of assistant coaches be it mike miller and, and a few other names so i i like it i'm intrigued by it i personally intend on going you know hitting the books seeing whether <laughs> other names are floating around out there but nick 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 is an obvious candidate assuming yeah. that you would they would interview him because he doesn't have a college degree yeah Can we fix that by just giving him an honorary degree or something? Like he has to be like three credit hours short. It's got to be short. Yeah. Imagine not hiring a really good option because they don't have a college degree. Come on, get over yourself. Stop it. They got to do something. They got to make that. I mean, if they were to do it, that's where you got to go. Because I feel like he's going to he's going to shoot. Give him a shot in the arm asap. Like. It is it's crazy. 100%. So. Give them give them that shot in the arm. And at the very least, if Kenya Martin does not have any aspirations of being a coach, all right, and he doesn't want to work for the University of Cincinnati, and maybe he's okay with becoming a booster. Yeah. Let's go ahead and pay for that buyout of Rick Patino at Iona. 
and let's bring in the University of Cincinnati. <laughs> See what happens, man. So it's just well, it's the, been you, a yeah. So okay, so you think we're ending? Is it some? If, if it, I know, right? We got. We might as well keep going with the hypotheticals. I'm gonna ask you one more question, just because we're already here now. We're already in the mud. So, do you think there's any way that JB pulls a Houdini in like? Even with all these great players, these people that you kind of see being household names sooner than later, um, leaving, do you think he gets enough transfers that fit his style? If they, if he does not lose his job or anything like that, that this team is legit next year. If nobody else transfers out, no, <laughs> right? Like no, just just point blank, no. I don't understand what evidence I would have. Honestly, JT, when I saw after, I thought the funniest thing I saw this past weekend was beating Wichita State and everybody like dancing and celebrating and and honestly acting like we had just won the championship and we're heading to March Madness. We did that too. We got excited. No, we did not. I was happy. I did not start proclaiming the future is bright. Look how bright the future is. Put some respect on Brandon's name. Stop. That was all. That was a clown show. But we got excited. We were pumped that we're going to the ship. We were pumped that we had a chance, yeah. a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Hummer, there's a difference between being excited and acting like this proved everybody well, who was that's doubting what and I wrong. Wanted, that's what I wanted you to differentiate between. Okay, that's fine. I was excited after we beat Wichita State. But at the end of the day, we hadn't done anything. <laughs> we hadn't done anything at all. We had gotten to the, to the champ. And I was assuming John Brandon and his team would find a way to put up a much better effort in that game. And then we got our doors blown off by 37 in that game. So I'm a realist. I pride myself on being a realist. I personally have not seen anything that would lead me to believe that this is going to get much better from John Brandon. Um, He's, he's always, he's been consistently late to making the proper switches. His rotations have been questionable. You know, I, I actually think, and, and I've heard from players that have left, left the program that, he does have a very strong basketball IQ. He's got a strong knowledge and feel for the game. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's, he's not great at the person personality management side. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more obvious than ever after you see, you know, almost his entire freshman class from this past season opt out or not opt out, enter the transfer portal. Yeah. And, you know, that just tells me that there's something missing on the personality management side, on the interpersonal side. Yeah. He's not someone who has a feel for that. And, I don't know. There's there's always a chance, right? It, but it wouldn't mean that it's the right thing to, to stick with him long term. It yeah. seems moot to me at this if he, point. If he like, I do rec- not let's believe. Let's be honest. All right. If he recruited with with let's let's call it five five scholarship players. You know, even though there's an asterisk there, call it five. And he recruits his ass off. He recruits the heck out of the transfer portal and just hits home run after home run after home run in the transfer portal. And this team goes on and makes a an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. 100%. All right. All right, guys. I'm wrong. I'm eating crow. John Brandon is, in fact, the greatest coach in the history of coaches. I don't see that happening, though, because even if he does recruit the players, I'm going to have to listen to another year of, well, we're still installing the offense. Or, you know, we haven't gotten to zone defense yet. I think that was like in the very first year, I think that was the very first red flag we actually that we came across was it was in the tournament uh, in I think it was a tournament in in St. Thomas. 
and all of a sudden, you know, we're like, well, coach, why didn't you switch to a zone? Well, well, we haven't, we, or we haven't practiced against a zone. We haven't practiced the zone yet. What? You know, we're, we're at the end of November and you haven't practiced a zone defense yet. Like, one of the simplest defenses there is other than, you know, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Saying, yeah. I keep saying like that, that part minutes. to me. Yeah. That part takes uh, that, that set me back a minute. And I'm like, wait, so, okay. Okay. Uh, and then his offense is like, we saw how great it could be. Let's be real. Yeah. We have, we yeah. see his stamp on the offense at times when, especially with the young guys, that's why we all got excited. Yeah. Um, but his offense too is, is complicated enough that, bringing in new players year in and year out and not having a set core group of guys who understand the system, who can help be mentors to other players in the system is not going to, in my opinion, going to be helpful to him having that system flourish long-term. So this definitely is a gut punch to the John Brandon system because you're losing now at least three guys who had knowledge of it for three four if you include harvey yeah. three guys though who were playing at the end of the season who had knowledge of the system who were going to be good with the other players and, and could help teach the system to the to the new guys coming on so missing that i definitely think this is not even an uphill climb this is a mount everest climb uh, a dangerous climb filled with death and uncertainty on on the on the on the on the road to the top I don't, I don't know how he, I don't know how he pulls it off. Uh, I did. I actually just thought of something and I, I, I apologize for this oversight. It's actually a reason to be more optimistic. And it's the fact that um, Chris Vote has one more year left. Like he could opt back in and he could come back next season. So that could turn things around as well. So he's... <laughs> I know we should have just been silent and then ended the podcast on that. <laughs> so, all right. So if Chris Vote comes back. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. How, how would you? How would you? How would you feel? Like really feel? Uh, I'm do, just, do you want me to throw with that one, Kimmer, again? Or tune it? Tune in to the Cincy Slangin podcast. I'll, 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 I'll spare you. We actually tried. It. We, we did try that. to go one whole episode without mentioning Chris Vote's name. We did try. Did I failed? I I did. We the score was two. We or one and nice. a half. One one mention. One alluding to. Okay. Um, because it's a broken record. We know yeah. where Chris. We know where. Chris Vogt stands. He's yeah. No, he is. We know what he is. Maybe no, he I mean, is. Yeah. In, in in all seriousness, so he and Keith might be thinking about coming back. For all we know, we we really don't. Especially with what's happened here, like they're come back and play another year of college basketball. Oh no, man. I'm. I think Keith is going to get something in the in the G League or something. For sure, Keith's gone. He's, he's out here. Man. Too much athleticism. He's gone. It's no way Keith comes back. I hope so. I hope he goes somewhere to try and you know make a little money and, and kind of he'll get paid. He's gonna get, get paid. on the road to try and make 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 a league. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't see Keith coming back. Vote is the one that uh, is like I feel like it's gonna hover around <laughs> until until it's over. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they Brandon, stage they, they five never, they clinger. Never, they, they never fire him. He le- he le- he stays, and then all of a sudden he becomes uh, you know assistant assistant head coach. <laughs> Uh, next thing you know, Brandon's <laughs> off somewhere, and Chris Vos right. now our head coach. I'm like, how did this happen? Houdini'd us. <laughs> it's like, well, I was like, just a magic trick. But um, I won't even. I won't. I won't talk about. What they call the Texas City. two step. I know if I do that, something. <laughs> but uh, I won't even talk about CV on that. I'll, I'm a pat. I'm a stop. I'm a cut it off. But then, all right. So 
before this is my last question. I, I, I said this two questions ago, you're, but I'm you're legit. pulling a coomer. You're pulling a coomer. Saying, my last question. All this right. is my last question. I do that, but, and then the podcast lasts another. No, I get no. It's going to be its last one, just because. And I'll let you guys say whatever you want for you guys' podcast. Yeah. But all right, before the the proverbial stuff hit the fan, right? Everybody kind of knew what was going to happen, but. We, you know, those couple games, it did give me hope. I'm not gonna lie and say I was like, you were a believer. I was you were, believer. You I was all get, in. You, I was you let in, yourself right? get excited, and that's I fine. Was, I'm I was glad neck, you're excited. I was neck deep, so I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you guys on the podcast. I'm gonna keep it 100. <laughs> I was in, even with the loss to Houston. I was so happy with the freshmen. Like, as long as you can keep them, right, you're good. I'm like, okay, and then if you get some app like i said you gotta get app no i wasn't on you guys's podcast talking about that all right but i was saying we gotta get an athletic guy that just can jump out the gym grab rebounds and play some damn defense right and they grow on trees just just get one of those guys but you you, usf has a couple of those guys they're not like great but they're like thick bodies they can dunk (laughs) jump just make sure they got the grades. But John Brandon, John Brandon's going to solve all of his problems by pulling guys Honestly, from USF. Just be honest though, the bar is so low for. This sounds terrible, but the bar is so low for Chris Vote that one of the only things you have to do to improve upon it is one, be able to reliably catch the ball, and two, have a feel where the defender is and turn the right way towards the hoop. Well, most of, I mean, it, the, I mean, I'm the sorry. Those is, are two of the biggest things that 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 you could do to instantly have an improvement, because naturally, if you can do those two things, you're going to be a little more athletic, uh, and be able to play defense. Eh. Maybe can't argue that. But what's your final question about? My final that? question is: before the 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 foundation of the house is is crumbled, right? So nobody's nobody can say that the foundation of the house isn't there. It's Certainly definitely gone. It's gone. We're definitely, a, we're definitely getting an inspection. We're yeah, definitely for sure. getting. We got to check it out. <laughs> we got to check it out. It's leaks and everything. But uh, so, before it broke down, before it crumbled, did you feel like what did you think that the team needed to be able to match up with Houston next year? How far did you think? I know you said they didn't do anything well. I understand that, but just in general, with the well, young guys improving, they did improvement. some things well. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Let me, I don't want to make it seem like they did nothing well. They did some things well, and what we saw them do well in the Wichita and SMU games were the guards can really defend their asses off. Like, they could pressure the perimeter really well. Yeah. Um, Tari Eason is a – like, he was on the verge, I think, of being Defensive Player of the Year next season. Yeah, He is yep. so impactful defensively that that was another thing they could really hang their hat on. Now, what if he goes to Houston? How pissed off will we be? <laughs> Oh my God, that'd be crazy. Well, maybe imagine? they got a block on that. that... <laughs> maybe he can't go to anywhere yeah. in the AAC. You know how like some coaches yeah. say that? Like you can go anywhere you yeah, want, but you I can't hope... go to Ohio State. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> maybe they got well, that. I... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking. <laughs> you can't well, they, go to Michigan. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The biggest need was clearly what you mentioned, JT, which is they needed a big man who was athletic and, and wasn't a high usage guy. Mm-hmm. It's not a guy yep. I throw the ball into. I'm yep. just looking for you know, six, nine, even six, eight, like just give me a big body, strong, athletic can said, rebound the hell out of the ball. Right. Said the like, same thing. Said the same I, thing. I, I get it. Like I'm, I'm joking. I, they don't grow on trees for one thing, but essentially like a, a version of Eli Sisseme, you know, just a big man, grab some boards, 
maybe you can't shoot free throws. You may not be the best finisher at the rim, but you can block some shots. You're an enforcer type. You're strong. But one of the biggest things to me, this team had to do, and, and they, I mean, we kind of have to operate as though John, John Brandon's going to be the coach. We need to see our team get stronger, faster, and more athletic. I mm. thought that we looked completely outmatched physically this season against teams like Memphis and Houston. Yeah. And yes, they are special. They have the best athletes. But we, we historically have been a team that even when we're not getting four- and five-star recruits, we're getting – we have a very athletic profile, yeah. and, and we compete well, and we're tough, and we rebound well. I, I'm tired of seeing UC get body. Like, let's become – we need to be tougher. We need to get bigger. And that starts in the weight room. Like, Jeremiah Davenport, a way for him to take his game to another level is to get faster, get a little more quick, mm-hmm. and get stronger so that yeah. – you can be, uh, you know, a bit more consistent at the four spot and rebound a little better. So, a big man for sure. Uh, sprinkle in some some off season training in the weight room, and then you know we definitely were going to need some more shooting. And at this point, it's hard to really say because we need to replace a lot of things at this yeah, point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because we don't know what what we're going to need now. <laughs> like it's it's going to be we're going to need a whole new roster. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> So it's un- unprecedented. It's definitely, definitely. Why am I, why am I struggling for his name? Uh, God, guy's a legend. Guy turned Keith, Keith Williams into just the, the shredder. Oh, Michael uh, Rayfelt. Michael Rayfelt. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned because honestly, look, this is one position that you honestly can't judge after two years. It's, you can't judge strength and conditioning after, after a year. One, Especially one during COVID. Season, during COVID. <laughs> um, but we did hear from, a player who doesn't want to be named that Mike Renfield was the best coach that, that they had on, on the staff uh, gave unlimited praise uh, to, to Mike. So yeah. that is actually something like we we've said this, we said this on our last podcast, the biggest thing, if Bron- if John Brandon is operating on the assumption that he is our coach, we said in order for this season, next season to be successful, which that's already actually, he's already failed this part of our, what he needs to do. So continuing going forward, we were talking about uh, the, the sophomore leaps, the junior leaps. Yeah. You know, in college basketball, you see those leaps in players, you know, like the Kenya Martin-esque type leap. You go from a sophomore yeah. to junior, all of a sudden you're just your, your man. Uh, we saw that with Davenport. We need to see that from, from John Brandon. We need to see John Brandon take a leap in his coaching. This is unacceptable what we're seeing. Um, I, do, I do personally think this is a, these, are, these are fireable offenses. This is something to be we should be moving on from. But if the university feels otherwise, that they don't want to take the advice of two podcasts, fan podcasts, um, you know, that's, that's their prerogative. Uh, John Brandon has to do better. And it starts all around. It's not, it, it may not just be John Brandon. It's the whole, you got to put the yeah. onus on the entire coaching staff. John Brandon is the head of that. So the, the blame falls on his shoulders, yeah. but we do need to see strength and conditioning. We need to see guys getting more explosive. We need to see, you know, the growth in that department as well. And like I said, it's one season. So you can't judge that yeah. department, especially during COVID. So we don't know if that was a real weak spot or not. Um, but that's something that we were historically good at over the last, you know, the last regime with Mick Cronin. So, yeah. you know, look, that, I think that's where we really, where we stand right now. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know if, if, if John Brand's going to be let go or not. If he's not, those are the things he needs to work on player relationships. Cause his recruiting frankly was good. Those first yeah. two classes. For sure. For sure. He brought in good players. That's why we're upset right now. He's exactly. losing. Yeah. All he's losing what, all of them. So this, he needs to yeah. get better. Exactly. He needs to get better and figure out what he needs to do, whether that's 
you know, not going 100% all the time, you know? Yeah. Something. That's, that's something. Something's something got to change a little bit because just like you said, we go back to that. That's what makes, I mean, if you're a t- person that follows this team, you're a little nervous because it's his recruits that are leaving. I mean, with Mikey, he's recruit. He's known Mikey since he was in the seventh grade, and Mikey got out of here like that, right? Quick, quick, quick. Just as fast as he is on the court, that's how fast he got out of here. He didn't have to, you know. <laughs> so like, he, he, you know, you known him. You got this, you know, you got this connection with him and his family, and something had to happen. You know, honestly, I think something very bad had to happen for him to really want to leave, especially with him getting consistent time. You know, I could see if he was a kid that was buried on the bench and he was playing three minutes a game. I understand. All right. I, I want to play. I, I'm a ex star player, whatever. It's, it's hard for people to go from being a man or being a key part of a team to going to playing, being water boy number three. You know what I mean? But he was a kid that was playing from the jump, getting some minutes. And you saw next year he was going to be even, even better. Um, so something's there. We just don't know what you know, and him losing his, you know, his, his recruits is, is the reason why I think everybody should be concerned. I can see if it was a group of Mick players, right. You know, if you lose 10 Mick players, it's like, all right, whatever. That was all mixed crew. They figured they, they didn't mesh. It was oil and water, but when you got, if it's oil and water, which your, your, your core is something you got to look into. You can't, you can't turn, turn the other cheek per se. I want I want John the the few who are left people who are, who are still buying in on the John Brandon experience I just need them to ask themselves and maybe explain to me what are you in on like what if I if I'm going to believe in this if I'm going to continue to 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 you know hold up the Bible and preach the gospel of John Brandon what what am I hanging my hat on at this point yeah. because it hasn't been you know winning basketball. It's been a lot of roster turnover. What am I hanging my hat on? And that's what I think people need to just ask themselves. If you're, if you're willing to go to bat for this coach at this point, what, that, when you ask me, like, how do he's going to turn this around? Can he do it? I just don't have any proof that he can. He hasn't been up to the task at all in his first two seasons. And uh, it's sad. It's unfortunate. I'm super bummed out about it because it's going to mean that the basketball program is in a very compromised position. Yeah. And I care about this team and this program more than any other sports team in my life. Um, but Hey, like we got to call a spade a spade. And this has been a very bad two years to the start of the John Brandon era. And, you know, the athletic department absolutely has to look at all of their options. Can't argue that. Can't argue that. I'll say I, before, before that mass exodus, I had hope because of recruiting. That was me. And I was more so on the, I was never like, you know, I was ready to move on from Mick, so I'll just keep it. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, just after Nevada, I was shot mentally, personally, just as a fan, not as a person that covers the team, but as a fan. We're like, man, this is crazy. But um, he recruited so well that I said, hey, he's, he's trying to get people from the local area, which Mick didn't really do that good of a job personally to me. Um, if, he felt, if he felt like somebody out of, his, out of his realm, he didn't offer him, even if he knew the kid was good. Jackson Hayes, i.e. other kids that are balling or in the NBA right now. Um, but uh, at least John would offer them. So I, that can't, that kind of gave me like a beacon of hope. But it was maybe, a, it could possibly be a false beacon of hope when you got Tari and those guys 
in the portal right now. So that's kind of, that's dim my light on, on it. I mean, before then I was kind of not defending him, but I'm like, hey, get a man a chance. Normally takes three to four years anyways. And he didn't have a total rebuild. Just like most time you come into an empty cupboard, his cupboard wasn't empty and he was getting people that fit his style. But the kids that are fitting his style are now they got their bags packed and they're trying to go, trying to go west or they're trying to go you know what i mean they're trying to go south wherever i, yep. I feel like tori eason's going west you know what i mean but uh, <laughs> probably probably i would have but, heard him yeah. I, I you know just remember I've heard, that- either, I've heard he's either trying to go where saunders goes but i personally think that somehow he's going to end up at washington he, he seems to have a lot of buds on that team yeah you know like there's a there's like a blackout between you know coaches reaching out and whatnot so yeah. you know, it's all back channel communication so you're going where you're going where the guys that you know are your friends, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and honestly, he's gonna have he's one so, of those players where they said high major. I'm like, he's gonna have he's gonna have he's pretty much gonna have I think whatever team he wants. Sorry, got, no got no worries. Sorry, got no worries. He go every. I think so. I think Saunders. I think Saunders is almost a, to that point too, where he kind of has the pick yeah. of the litter of where he wants to go. Yeah, uh, there might be a ceiling with him in terms. I think of there life. there's a clear differentiation. I think Tari is going to have a literal pick of pick of the litter. The yeah. talent is so eye popping that he's going to go yeah. wherever he wants. Everyone else, you know, fit in where you get in. I could see him maybe going to like a Mac school. Mm-hmm. Mike Saunders, maybe, maybe a little bit better than that, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I, I, mean, could, I could see Mason, Mason getting some looks from uh, just based off the way he played towards the end of the season. I could see him getting some looks from some, some higher than Mac schools. Come on, man. Max lower than the AAC, man. <laughs> But that's what I mean. They're opting out of UC not for a guaranteed improvement. It's just to get away from the current situation. Right. I'm and saying I will, like, I will any, say any this. Remember going to take them though. Any any team in the AAC is going to take Mason Madsen. Maybe not Houston. He's not he's not officially that's yeah. not official. That's right, no, it's not official. It's no, not official. Not Sorry. Oh yeah. You're talking anybody about anybody in the league is going to take Ma- Mike Saunders Jr. Mason anybody, might stay. Anybody yeah. in the league is going to take Mike Saunders Jr. except maybe Houston. Um, but I think you can see. To- he could, he can I make? Anywhere. Can I make one final point here, though? Like, let, I, I was no, you can't. No, you can't. Because <laughs> I know you asked me my, the last question twenty minutes ago. Um, there are a lot of coaches in college basketball who are jerks and not nice, and probably probably coach players in a way that's not ideal, and that they it's it's not that fun. I think Kevin Johnson was hinting at it on Twitter tonight that. Look, a lot of coaches are just they're they're dicks for lack of yeah. a better word. And what solves that and what overcomes that is winning. And I think the revealing thing here is that John Brandon seemed to have fostered a culture that was not fun to play in. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, you know, it they didn't want to come to quote unquote work every day. Yeah. And um they weren't, but there was no, there was nothing that was kind of incentivizing them to do it. There was nothing that made it worth their while because at the yeah. end of the day, the, where was the winning to go with it? Where yeah. was us getting better? And so if you don't believe that your coach is actually going to get the winning done and make you better, a better player and get you where you want to go professionally, well, it's easier to say, peace, this is definitely not worth it. I am definitely yeah. not going through this headache for these results. I'm out of here. Can't, can't argue that. Can't argue that. So, do you guys have any more to add on to this this lovely podcast today that we got to vent <laughs> and get this off our chest a little bit? If you've made it this far, my ask is, you know, please check us out at Cincy Slangin on Twitter. 
C-I-N-C-Y-S-L-A-N-G-I-N. And also, you know, we've got a podcast of our own. If you like listening to Cincinnati Bearcats talk, give it a shot. Hummer and I, the biggest selling point for Hummer and I is that we are not media guys. And we are truly just fans of the program. We do not feel beholden to access from UC. If they want to give us interviews, fantastic. But usually they don't. And for that reason, uh, you're going to get very raw and honest opinions from us. And sometimes, <laughs> We've been sometimes that over. leads to Hummer. Sometimes it leads to Hummer putting John Brandon in the Hall of Fame. And then sometimes yeah, it leads to us being very right about where this program was heading weeks before everybody else. So check us out. Yeah, check them out. So the, I do have to get access from UC, so I can't be as <laughs> wild. But that's why I had these guys on here just on this uh, podcast. I wanted to get the raw, uncut. You know great power comes with great responsibility yeah, though. we're exactly. not i will say this we are not we are not like takey for the sake of being takey it's just oh, we're sure. gonna call a spade a spade based yeah. on what we see and, and how we see the team but, playing and what and how the coach is coaching yeah i mean I'll, I'll call it how i see it but they're like no gloves i keep the gloves on you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna i keep the gloves on they they're no gloves getting dirty you know i try to i try to keep it clean a little bit but that's why I had these we guys on. That's I wanted, why we love you. Yeah, we appreciate you. Appreciate you. No problem. So that's, that's why I had these guys on here. Because I wanted you guys to get an unfiltered thoughts on what Bearcat Nation is feeling right now. Because right now we're in this, we're kind of like um, in a sunken place right now. You know, like for those people that, su- that I've seen Get Out, um, we're in a sunken place right now. And then <laughs> who knows when we're going to get think- out. Somebody has to hit the T. You know what I mean? So we let me out. correct you. I think that we, I think you were in the sunken place after the Wichita State game, and I think we were in the sunken place three days ago. And I think everybody has been the teacup has been struck, and everybody so. has woken up and realized, oh, we're not in the sun. Yeah, I think the yeah, transfers maybe. are people snapping uh, out of the sunken place. Maybe. I think the sunken place was being, you know, the, everybody saying the future mm. is bright. The future mm. is bright. I think I that was, was the sunken place. Okay, maybe. I, okay, I'll, I'll I'll take that. All right, I was in the sunken place. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was drinking all the Kool Aid, as they say. I was eating all the cake. I was I was freaking passing out flyers and everything. But now, I don't know. It's a little, little now, interesting. Now John Brandon's gonna have to take a stroll down Clifton. Uh, we're gonna be ringing the bells and and booing and harassing him. Shame. Shame. It's crazy, man. It's crazy he's still, how he's still living. He's he kept his house in Northern Kentucky, right? He did. Well, so. no, they bought it. They upgraded. They upgraded. They, they upgraded. Did? Nice. They upgraded. Yeah. Uh, raised in Northern money. Kentucky, but it was it was an upgrade. So, so uh, but, well, at least it's still in Northern Kentucky, man. That's that's good because uh, down there they don't probably care as much. So he, he's not going to worry about the crazy showing up at his house. That's true. That's good. true. No one should do that. Honestly, no one. No, should definitely don't do that. that. It's just college sports. Oh, you don't yeah. need to do that. Dark. Definitely um, do that. But look, if he was in Clifton, definitely getting booed. Definitely oh, yeah, getting yeah, booed. Yeah, walking around Clifton right it's now. It's going to be crazy right now. He. Definitely gonna have to stay low for a minute. Um, yeah. yeah, man, because it's a lot, lot going on. So we'll see what happens, man. I appreciate you guys being we on here. Appreciate you having us on, JT. No problem. If fun. something like magically happens, all right. So make this bet for me, guys. After transfers, depending on what happens, you know, something back, you know, not bad, but something can happen where he's gone. Something happens where he stays. Okay. So essentially, either way, I'm gonna have you guys back on, right? But fair enough. My bet to you is. We'll either talk about how he's got 20 transfers coming in, or we'll talk about how we got another coach coming in. <laughs> okay. How about that? 
Cool. Perfect. Sounds good to me, buddy. Because all right, sounds good. So make sure you guys check out. I'm, Cincy I'm on Flame, Team guys. Nick. I'm on t- Team Nick Van Axel with you. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, say if you're gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not calling for anybody's head. In general, I'll let you, everybody know that. But if it happens, give me Nick. We Nick. are. Hey, that's <laughs> hey, hey. Boom. There it is. You know what I'm saying? I got people texting me right now. They're like, "What's it going on?" You. Like, like my it phone took- has been blowing up all day. Like literally, my phone like. <laughs> Like if this was an old phone, it'd be hot. You know how like people had like the hot phone where it burns your hand. If it was an Android, it'd probably be on fire. But you know, Apple's make good products. They need to invest in a in this uh, podcast as well. But uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but my phone has been freaking blowing up. Like I'm pretty sure you guys' phone been blowing up as well. They're like what the heck is happening? I have people that that I haven't talked to in months hit me up today because of all this damn this damn transfer portal stuff. So. But yeah, yeah, that's how we end it, man. Make sure you guys check out Cincy Slangin'. Hit up the front office news. I'm JT Smith. We got Coomer and we got Hummer. Signing out. Let me squeeze. Let me squeeze. Let me squeeze.